Welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, your host, David Davenport, and Mr. Full 10 Yards himself. Tim, how are you doing? Are you okay? Mr. Full 10 Yards himself. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too bad. I've had a really hot curry for dinner today, so the length of this podcast will depend on how well that's being digested. So <laughs> it could be yeah, anything between be 10 minutes and 45 <laughs> minutes. Might have to uh, fill some airtime with uh, with some random stats and me me waffling away if I haven't got anyone to uh, to talk to for a little while. But um, yeah, yeah, good to hear. Good to hear. I've been back in the office this week. First week back in the office. It's uh, it's been a strange experience having some human interaction. Well, some different human interaction for the first time in in quite some time. But uh, I think we're slowly yeah. returning to to a little bit of normality. Um, yeah, it's a bit it's a bit strange, isn't it? <laughs> It is, and but it's not quite as part of the of the football season. So here we are talking about the Dalvin Cook holdouts. Well, proposed holdouts. It's uh, we haven't started any of the the training camps, OTAs, mini camps, etc. Yet. Um, so he's threatening to hold out if he doesn't get the contract that he wants. It is the it's the next succession in a long line. We've had Le'Veon Bell. We've had Ezekiel Elliott. We've had Melvin Gordon, and now this one is the one that is gripping the headlines this this year. So, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, as watching Ezekiel Elliott hold out from from the preseason and uh, a little bit of the season, how how do you feel about running back holdouts? Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a, it's, I, I, I mean, Davin Cook. Uh, I say we we'll, we'll speak we speak about this on the NFL podcast as well, but it's, it's he's not really got that much in the way of leverage. You know, he's, he wasn't a first round pick, so he's obviously not got a fifth round, fifth, fifth year option. Um, I, I think in terms of the running back contracts and the way that their shelf life goes, they they're, they're just never going to win. It's kind of broken for the running backs because you've got. You know, say maybe a six or seven year shelf life for for running backs who are coming into the league at twenty two, twenty three. You know, they bet, unless your name's Frank Gore, you're not really lasting till you're till you've gone thirty. So, um, considering that your your rookie contract is in most cases four years, sometimes five if you're an elite guy. By the time you've got to the end of that contract, you your the tread on the tires is reaching kind of the or, you know reaching the bear status isn't it so you know teams aren't willing to invest a lot of money in you you know it's been proven with stats and um production that you know put, put any decent or high, average running back behind a decent offensive line and, and they'll get production so um yeah it'd be interesting to see actually the ripple effect you know, maybe a couple of years maybe a decade down the line of how good the, the running backs are you know whether or not the appetite that is there to play running back at, at a high level and um, whether that goes down into like high school and college and the rest of it as well so um I can see why they do they do hold out, and I, I you know totally agree that everyone should try and get as much money as they they can before their career's over, and they have to go and do something else or retire and all the rest of it because they all can't be, you know, like Tony Ramos and going to the, into the broadcast booth. But unfortunately, we're in a situation where they are, you know, running backs are replaceable. Um, you know, you don't doesn't matter if you're obviously the elite talents are slightly different but if you're kind of an above average running back or an average running back you yeah you're kind of all put into the same pot so it's, it's a it's a it's a race they're never going to win yeah and it's very much a double-edged sword with the running backs because they are in a position that is handling the ball 20 25 30 times a game so they are getting a lot of contact there is a there is a high mm. risk of injury at the position 
and they do deserve that kind of money. But at the same time, from a team perspective, from a business perspective, you're not going to pay somebody that is getting that amount of work, that is amount of, of contact. And look at Jared McKinnon, for example. He received that mega contract from the 49ers and he's not played a single yeah. down for them yet because he, he got injured before, before he even started with them. So it is one of the most high-risk positions. And unless you are one of the elite running backs, uh, like Saquon Barkley, he's not going to struggle to get his mega contract because the Giants drafted him second overall. He is going to be what the offense is, is driven through for the next eight, nine years. And Ezekiel Elliott, and again, like you say, you, you're putting him behind that offensive line. And, and Pollard, when he's come in, he's been able to do a more than serviceable job behind that offensive line. We take Le'Veon Bell, for example. He refused to be franchise tagged for the second year running. He was this elite running back behind the Pittsburgh offensive line, but he's gone over to the Jets and he was absolutely bang average for them last year. He, he didn't have any, any long rushes. His, his production was very low as well. And players like Melvin Gordon, who have, who have held out recently, the Chargers called him out on it and said, look, we've got Austin Eckler. He's getting just as much production as you. We don't want to pay you. And he's now ended up in a running back pie committee in, in Denver. So it is a position where, like you said, the running backs don't have much leverage at all. And in most cases, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. And Alexander Madison must be rubbing his hands together right now at the prospect of Dalvin Cook holding out because he gets his opportunity to, to step up and show what he is capable of after replacing yeah. Alvin in the last few, last few games of last year. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the thing as well that you, you've, you've said it um, just then, like the, the recent cases as well, even when you know, Todd Gurley got that massive running back, running back contract, um, you know, the, all, the, all the, you look at the running backs that are currently in the top 10 of being paid in terms of average salary or, or guys that have been receiving them. was another one a couple of years back who got a big deal uh, and obviously broke down and got, and got injured as well. So all the, all the guys that have been paid recently, uh, like say back with Jarek McKinnon, they've not worked out so all these guys that are coming up for their contracts to be re- renewed or, or try and get a decent payday the data that's the data is pointing you know front offices and, and gms to say look you know you're not worth the money we can't as much as we'd love to give you to uh you know to 10 to 15 million a year the stats say or the, you know, the data suggests that you're, you're not worth that we, we need to invest in you say the offensive line we need to invest in wide receivers slash quarterbacks and the rest of it so um yeah, that, 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 that's the main reason is it's the return on investment, isn't it? Yeah, and we've just seen Christian McCaffrey uh, receive his 64 million contracts with his guaranteed 36 million averaging out at 16 million a year. But you're not paying him as a running back for that. You were paying him as the... He had the second most receptions in the entire football league last year. So you were paying yeah. him as a receiver just as much as you were paying him as a running back. Obviously, he was he was prolific on the ground last year as well, getting over the thousand rushing yards. But running backs are not commanding that kind of salary. And for Dalvin Cook, who isn't prolific through the air, he is not going to be the the second. He's not going to become second in the whole league with receptions. You can't justify the payment for like that. And he says even a reasonable contract for him would be would be thirteen million a year, which is putting you in the realms of Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. At the Jets and the Texans accordingly and for me even both of them who have been absolutely massive names in this league over the last few years have been horrendously overpaid because of the contracts that the teams gave them and the situation has forced them to two teams that 
had to absorb the contracts and David Johnson at the Texans on 13 million a year. He, the Cardinals, in my opinion, were lucky to get rid of him um, for the for the price that they got and the contract that he was on. And <laughs> similar similar with Bell, uh, James Conner has come in and has been more than serviceable for Pittsburgh. And the Jets are stuck with that massive contract, although they have got the rookie, well, not the rookie QB, but they, he's still on his rookie contract. Mm. And he's got he's got a big contract side up there with with little to no production. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's quite a, it's kind of funny really if you think about it because obviously it's a fantasy football podcast. It's funny how in real life running backs don't matter, but yet every year in fantasy you'll generally see well for the foreseeable future, from what I can see, that the first three or four picks in every draft, no matter if it's redraft, dynasty startups, or anything, it's always going to be running back. Running backs are like gold dust, you know, especially especially good ones like you know Chris McCaffrey and, and the rest of them. But yeah, it's quite ironic that it's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum considering uh, between NFL and, and fantasy football. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it so rare in fantasy football. The fact that if you have got a running back that is worth something to their team and you you know they're going to command these carries, then that is what makes them that rare prospect in fantasy football and why we're going to get the first three, four picks, like you say, going as as running backs each and every year. Your McCaffrey, your Barkley, you know that they're going to get 20 to 25 touches every single game. And fantasy football is, of course, all about opportunity. And if you're relying on anything else in fantasy football, then you're going to win some games every week and you're going to lose quite a lot as well. Yeah. Touches, touches equals points in fantasy football. It does indeed. So while we're talking about fantasy football, of course, the prospect of the Cook holdout has thrown Twitter into a frenzy. And we have seen trades left, right and centre. We have discussed whether Cook is the back to own, whether Matteson is the back to own. And some people are even out there saying Boone is the back to back to own. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, live, live from the Mental Institute, Mike Boone <laughs> is the running back to own in fantasy football. Jeez. Well, he, uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, though, he's actually saying Mike, Mike Boone is the, is the fantasy back to own. There'll be a lot of people that will not touch Mike Boone with a barge pole, considering the, uh, the performance he put up in, in the championship week in, in week 16. So obviously, Gavin Cook went out the last, last couple of games of, of the fantasy playoffs, didn't he, in week, week 15, week 16. And yeah. he blew, absolutely blew up. In, I think he blew up in week 15 and then week 16. And there's going to be a lot of uh, GMs that are still, uh, still ruining the fact that they played Mike Boone in week 16 of the 2019 uh, fantasy football season. Yeah, two touchdowns at the Chargers in week 15, like you say, in the semi-finals to get you to the final. And then 28 yards, well, 33, including the receiving, no touchdowns in the week 16 championship game against the Packers. And then just to rub salt into the wound, he came out in week 17, the irrelevant week in the fantasy football world, and got 148 yards on the ground and a touchdown against the Bears. So um, Mike Boone. Mike Boone doesn't care about your fantasy football team. <laughs> As as do a lot of players, but yeah, especially Mike Boone. He uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he had a lot of mentions over that three week period. So um, he did. Yeah, I can't imagine he'll be getting too. You much could say he was Boone or bust. Oh, that's terrible. But brilliant. Here all week. So let's let's just have a look at some of the trades that we have seen in the Twitter world so far. So. I think my favourite one um, was somebody bragging that they'd managed to ship Cook out two months ago. They'd foreseen the, the holdout. And they were managed to ship out Cook, Tyler Boyd, and a 2020 late-round first pick for Derek Henry, Eric Ebron, and 1.1 1. 1 in the 2020 draft. So they, they'd have drafted... Cl- uh, Hilaire yeah. Taylor, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. 
one let me, of those. Let me just write, let me write that down. So what was that? Uh, that was Darwin Cook, Tyler Boyd, and 1.16 in 2020 for Derek Henry, Eric Ebron, and 1.1 in the 2020 draft. Oh, give me give me the Cook side all day. Really? Yeah, give me the Cook side on that. Was that he, he, um, Derek Henry, Eric Ebron in the 101 for Cook Boyd in the 116, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, give me Cook and Boyd in 116. We'll put that out on a poll. That's a good one. Oh, yeah, give me Cook, give me Cook Boyd in 116. I couldn't be further on the other side of the fence. And I suppose I take, I guess this is where it comes into the, are you in the rebuild? Are you in win now? And if you've got Derek Henry for this, this big contract season for him, and he's going to get rushed into the ground, um, yeah. I think Eric Ebron is going to pat, catch just a lot of touchdowns in in Pittsburgh, sorry, this year. And yeah. the, the first overall pick is the, probably one of the only picks in a, Dynasty League that can come in and, and have an instant impact. So, yeah, I guess it all comes Yeah, we out. say that though, but if you think about it, this time last year, or everyone was drafting Nikhil Harry and he did nothing first year out. So, um, the, only, the only thing with that with that trade is that obviously you're getting two running backs, and like we just mentioned, running backs can be gold dust. And if Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh, and Jonathan Taylor you know, do anything, then you know, a couple of years down the line, that, that trade might look silly. But uh, obviously, you've got Henry's Henry's future in doubt as well. So, uh, there's a bit, bit of risk there. But, I, well, coming from my perspective, I don't think Devin Cook is going to sit. So, uh, I, I would, I'd love to have uh, Cook, but Cook, Tyler Boyd, and uh, one sixteen. Okay, fair enough. So another one that I've seen was, and I think I know which way you're going to go on this one, uh, was Dalvin Cook for Todd Gurley and a 2020 third round draft pick. Yeah, yeah, give me Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I think so. I think Todd Gurley is going to an organisation where I think they're going to be playing behind quite a bit this season. His, his long-term health is is been a massive question, and you've got to wonder why the Rams have got rid of him. Even though he's just arrived in Atlanta and he has passed his medical with flying colours, you've got to wonder what is going on with with his knee. So yeah, I'm taking Cook on that one. I hear I, I hear the uh, the doctor was Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. So this this is an interesting one, and I think. This is the first time that I've ever seen this. So we've got Dalvin Cook for Rojo, a 2023 third. So we're, we're giving away quite a bit in the future. That that that, the, that guy's not got much in way of, in way of um, draft picks, has he? He's <laughs> there and everywhere. And ten dollars. And ten dollars. Oh, it's all about that. All about all about that fab. All about that fab. I mean, that's 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 just very one-sided. I'm I'm having cook all day. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you're digging into the 2023 pockets of of draft picks, then your uh, your pockets are quite deep. But yeah, the ten the ten fab is quite interesting. Um, not quite sure why you, why you would want that. Maybe is, is that like a is it an auction draft or something? Nope, it was just straight up ten dollars. Oh, okay. So I can only assume that maybe the uh, maybe it was an actual ten dollars. Yeah, maybe maybe the entrance fee was <laughs> ten dollars, yeah. and he was just offering to to cover that for Pay, him, pay him for his year, or, or nice. treat himself to a couple of beers, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I've I've never seen that before. But just just ten dollars thrown into mm. it. Well, I got I got one here from Twitter. It says that they were in the middle of a disperse, disbursement auction with a hundred hundred dollars bu- uh, budget. So he traded uh, Stafford, Goddard, uh, at the Eagles tight end, and twelve dollars for Joe. But Joe, he's put Burrows and and Mattison. I I, there's, there's so many people on Twitter, and just generally, this is uh, at Cody Capola. There's so many people on Twitter who call Joe Burrow Joe Burrows. I don't understand where the S's come from. Uh, I mean, if you're getting two Joe Burrows, 
then that's fine. But it's just one, so I'm not quite sure. But yeah, the trade was uh, Matt Stafford, Dallas Goddard, and twelve twelve dollars for Burrows uh, and Madison. Obviously, that the handcuff that was um, that was quite an interesting one. I, I'm saying I much prefer I prefer to have Joe Burrow and uh, Alexander Madison for that one. Yeah, and I think going back to the, to the Burrow thing, I got confused at the draft when it was spelled B U because obviously he'd gone with the whole uh, the Joe Burrow. <laughs> towards the end of the college season last year and then uh, all of a sudden he'd, got, he'd gone back again so uh, yeah I think like you say quite a bit of confusion around the spelling of his name there but the Borough Matterson side is, is probably leaning there even though Matt Stafford I think he's yeah no Stafford would have a decent one if it's a tight end premium league as well God it's obviously one that's uh, he's he's Trend, he's trending upwards, isn't he? So it'll probably be a bit tighter. And obviously, that twelve, that twelve dollars was what's needed to get over the line. But uh, yeah, it always, it always is funny when you uh, when you get all that, um, fab money, including trades. It's like not really worth anything. Yeah. So another interesting one. Uh, this is another running back for a running back with a pick thrown in. So this is Dalvin Cook for David Johnson and a late twenty twenty one first. No, uh, if you're ruling. If you're all in, I can... Well, no, actually, why would you do that? Because David Johnson's one year, so you'd be trading away that in a first for Dalvin. Yeah, I'd, I'd have the cook side. Interesting interesting uh, strategy there from the David Johnson owner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And finally, I think this is the one that might tempt you, is Dalvin Cook for Cortland Sutton, Todd Gurley, and <laughs> he's, the, he's the topical man on the podcast, Blake Jarwin. Ah, oh, any any auto auto Blake Jarwin always Blake Jarwin. I tweeted today that I need to get a Blake Jarwin jersey. So um, I've also re- I've reached out to Blake Jarwin to see if he'll come on the podcast and talk talk football with us. So Blake, if you're listening, come and come and join us on the podcast. But yeah, any any trade involving Blake Jarwin is mine. He, he, that's my side. <laughs> yeah, my, my birthday buddy Blake. So yeah, like you say, if you if you're listening, Blake, then let's uh, next month. So how about you come on 16th of July, Blake? We'll we'll have a birthday. We'll have a birthday celebration. Birthday best to go out. I'll get I'll get the party hats. You get the poppers. Yeah, I think that sounds great. Yeah. So um, while we're talking about the Cowboys, I've also seen a couple of people say that Dalvin Cook should be traded, not in fantasy, but from the Minnesota organization in general. And one person suggested that you just get rid of Dak. They didn't suggest how or where. Trade Amari Cooper for Dalvin Cook. And then have a wishbone offense with Zeke, Cook and Pollard with Dalton under center. As a Cowboys fan, how do you feel about that? That person needs to be checked psychologically, firstly, whoever suggested that. There's... Mike McCarthy's not going to employ a wishbone offense first and foremost, <laughs> and secondly, secondly, like no one employs wish really employs wishbone offenses in, in the NFL. I think that's more of a college thing, isn't it? But yeah, um, yeah no, like the, the way the way our team is right is right right now. It doesn't need changing. Trying to you'd be trading for trading's sake, and like we say, yeah, the shelf life of of running backs is uh, is not is not the longest anyway. So yeah. Amari Cooper will much uh, outstay Davin Cook's uh, stay in the in the NFL. I mean, Davin Cook's what fifty eight percent of games he's started since he's in the, been in the NFL. He um, he's in yeah his injury history is not great as well, and which yeah front offices don't like to see as well. So um, yeah, I, I don't. I'm just going to totally disregard that. <laughs> and the slightly more sensible suggestion was for Tampa Bay to trade a first round pick for Dalvin Cook. So Tom Brady's 43. He's going to need some reliability at the running back position in his offense. How would you feel about Tampa Bay going out there, getting the, the running back that they can feed the offense through 
so that Brady can have that little bit of pressure taken off him so that he can go to work on the passing. Well, you say that though. The the two things that will that, that this is never going to happen. Firstly, they drafted Keyshawn Vaughn in the in the draft quite early on. Was it third round? Or yeah, I'm going. I haven't got it to hand, but yeah. So they drafted him. So they obviously think um, yeah, the investment in him is is enough to go with uh, Ronald Jones and so obviously Peyton Barber's not there anymore. I can't remember. Who, oh, Dare Ogunbowale. Forget my teeth in. Um, and the second part is. Um, Davin Cook's not actually really that good a pass blocker. Um, he's he's awful in pass pass blocking. So, um, and, and it's for for Tom Brady, that's kind of a prerequisite. So I, I can't see how uh, Tom Brady would be would be for that because obviously you know he doesn't like getting knocked on his backside. So, um, yeah, again, that's quite an easy dismiss uh, for, on my side. Yeah, and it's I think there are running backs out there, and we we have the suggestion that the Melvin Gordon should have gone to Tampa Bay earlier on in the preseason before he signed with the Broncos. So there's, there's been plenty of running backs out there. Devontae Freeman still looking for a home. Carlos Hyde just signed with the Seahawks. So there have been plenty of free agent running backs available this season. So that suggests to me that Tampa Bay are more than happy with their with their running back core this season and are happy, like you say. I don't think they have much in the way of cap space as well. I'm just trying to load it on and over the cap, but it's not loading. So. They've got four four point eight million in cap space, so I don't think Davin Cook's going to go there anytime soon. Uh, no, especially with him looking for thirteen to sixteen million a year. <laughs> yeah. So just just looking at Minnesota and their their requirements for the year, I am not very high on the whole team. Uh, people are saying that they're going to be challenging the Packers again for the division, and I, I just can't see it myself. I think they are in a bit of a, a mess this year because they've lost a lot of players off the defence, namely Xavier Rhodes, Everson mm. Griffin, uh, Linval Joseph. They've, and their secondary room is going to be, is going to be deserted. Uh, they've, they've lost so many players from that team. Obviously, they've lost Diggs to the, to the Buffalo Bills. I, I just don't think they're going to be the team that they were last year and a few years before. And this is a team that heavily requires on their, on their running game. They were fourth in passing play, passing play percentage last year. So they were the team that ran the ball the fourth most in the whole of the NFL. They rely on their play action. Kirk Cousins, he had the fourth most play action passing yards. He was 10th on the number of play action plays, but... He didn't, he didn't pass the ball anywhere near as many times as, as some other people in the league. So this is a team that heavily relies on their defence and then a good, strong running game and a play action. And they've brought in Justin Jefferson and uh, Gladney, both in the first round, to, to replace Diggs and Xavier Rose. But the trusting first-round picks, the trusting rookies to, to fill in and, and fill the roles of, of seasoned veterans, which is always a risky game to play, I just don't think that they're going to be able to operate in the way that they have been able to. And that is going to mean that whoever is going to be the running back next year, Cook or, or Madison, is going to see a massively reduced workload. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. They're just not going to be able to get the running game going. And to be honest, I'm not high on either of them headed into the, to the 2020 season. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think it would be as bad as, um, as maybe 
I don't see them being as bad as maybe you think they they will be. But even if you've got a poor, a poor defense, you know, generally that that means that you'll get more opportunities to get loads of garbage time points, which we all love in in fantasy football. But considering the, considering the way that the the Vikings kind of set up, and you know they do kind of force the rock down your throats, um, you know they do actually quite, like the Chargers. They do have a lot of targets to the running back position. I think they were second to, to behind only the Chargers, and twenty nine percentage twenty nine percent of their their total targets went to the running back position so um and i think they were fifth in running back completion percentage so there's a lot of there's a lot of added value there to, to that backfield and considering um alexander madison was was okay in a couple of games last year and say mike boone was, was, was decent as well there is quite there is probably a hidden amount of points uh, in in that backfield so i'm i'm quite happy to to take cook i probably won't take him at 10 like 104 105 especially well especially if he's sitting out come redraft but um yeah it's it's an interesting one but i, I don't think um you know sometimes when you have you, when you have bad defenses that kind of gives you a few more opportunities to score a lot more points because you're going to be playing from behind so you, you can get a lot of dump offs you can get a lot of garbage time points as well so i'm probably not as as wary as, as you are of of Minnesota in, in general but then again, on the other hand, fantasy is all about value at position and Cook's ADP has already dropped from, as you mentioned, the, the 1.4, 1.5 region all the way down to, he's, he's about 3.1 now. He has dropped mm, dramatically yeah. in, the, in the last few days. So, and that's, that's only going to drop further. Um, and Matteson hasn't improved, he, he hasn't risen all that much he's, he's gone from the 10th to the to the ninth maybe so mm. you could go for the, the age-old tactic of drafting both and I think that is going to be your best particularly in well obviously in redraft that is going to be your best tactic this year to, to grab both and it's a win-win situation and whoever takes the field because it is only going to be one of them um for the season you you it's a win-win situation because by the time yeah. you get to the, the ninth tenth round you are starting to look at backups anyway and if you can get somebody that is guaranteed to have a heavy workload, should the, the holdout come to fruition, you're, you're rubbing your hands together. Yeah, the only, the only thing, the only problem with that is, and yeah, the way that the rookie contracts work now, and what what constitutes recruiting a season, Davin Cook has to turn up by the first day of minicamp. So, yeah, by the time it gets to August, it's kind of going to all be cleared up anyway. So it's probably irrelevant for for redraft leagues. It just the only thing that we will know whether or not he's sitting out because um, he's not going to come back and do like a Melvin Gordon come back after week eight because uh, that won't work this year. You have to come, you have to be, you have to report first day of camp. So he's either going to be in or he's going to be out. He's going to sit all year. So. Um, but again, I don't think he will. But so this would kind of all be blown over by then. The, the the thing that affects right now is kind of those those best balls and those dynasty startups that people are doing around about now. If you're in the middle rounds, there's going to be people if the people on the clock when they were hearing the news of of the Dalvin Cook holdout. I'd, I'd love to see the amount of times Dalvin Cook was drafted. Uh, sorry, Alexander Madison was drafted like within 24 hours, or the like, people that were on the clock. There must be a high percentage of people that went Madison in, in the mid rounds. But um, yeah, it's, they're, they're kind of the ones. It's yeah, there's not really too much of a, a ripple effect in um, yeah in redraft. But then again, like you just mentioned, he's only played 58 percent of the games that he's been in the league so far. So Madison still is yeah, yeah. one of your number one number one backups anyway because we can't we can't trust Cook's healthiness. And I think that is the, the key reason why he he won't get paid and he will have his hand forced. He either will sit out or as you say he 
will go back to training camp with his tail between his legs and he will crack on. I just don't think he's in a position that we saw Zeke in a couple of years ago. So, What do you, what do you think, in talking of Madison, because obviously there's going to be people listening and people that are on Twitter wondering what the value is for, for Alexander Madison. Now, I, in one of my dynasty leagues that I have, I, before the Dalvin Cook stuff was going, I was asking, I had him on the trading block for like a second, uh, second round pick. Um, we had uh, someone tweet us actually uh, let me just see who it was it was at jen underscore z underscore fantasy football um he said that he got offered a 21 2021 second round rookie pick from Madison, which he which he and he's the cook owner uh, which he declined so i thought that, that was quite interesting that he um passed the chance there because i think second round is probably about the right price um probably put in some leagues you probably get be able to get a first from now if people are good like, people love overreacting so uh, if you're if you are looking to trade, make sure you're doing it with the cook owner as well. So, uh, especially if you're trying to offload Madison, because essentially Davin Cook's going to be the owner of, of him, is only going to be the person that's interested, and you might be able to get a slightly inflated price. But if you don't want to maybe go and take a punt out there, I'd say maybe maybe be able to get a late first or you know, early second. I think I think second is about is about right for him personally. Yeah, and it all comes down to the gamble at the end of the day, and gives you the security, doesn't it? Yeah. If, if Cook does move on. Matterson is a really good value for a second, but at the same time, you don't want to be investing everything into somebody that could be a, a, a backup at best next season, unless it's a very late on Mm. Well, you say we say Alexander Matson has pretty good stats um, from from last season. I, you know, nicking a couple of stats here from the, from the boys over at Five Yard Rush had a, had a similar yards per carry uh, last season. Um, Matson had 20, 27 red zone touches, despite you know seemingly being in a, in a lesser role than Cook, and, and Cook had only fit, had fifty. So Matson had half half the red zone touches that, that Dalvin Cook did. So even yeah, everyone perceives Alexander Madison as someone that doesn't get a lot and Stavon Cook gets the lion's share. Uh, again, partly partly injury might be something to do as well, but Madison had a lot be- uh, a lot more breakaway runs uh, off 100 carries. So he had eight breakaway runs, which I think is 20, 20 yards or more. So he had eight of those and Davin Cook only had 11 and that was off for 250 carries. So in 150 less carries, he needed three less breakaway runs. So I think Madison, if you're a Madison owner, you kind of want in Davin Cook obviously to sit uh, for, for a year because Alexander Madison, who's very young as well, um, is primed, primed to very talented back, obviously. Yeah, but it does worry me slightly that uh, <laughs> Adam Thielen, uh, got a goal line carry and a goal line touchdown ahead of <laughs> Alexander Madison last year. I think uh, Kirk Cousins had one from the from the one as well. But uh, yeah, when Adam Thielen is your is your goal line back over Alexander Madison, that is a slight cause for concern. Uh, and I know he got the touches, but he didn't he didn't convert any inside the five into a into a touchdown last year. In fact, he only had the one the one touchdown on the entire year to Madison. So, mm. but. You'd think naturally the regression would be taken closer to the mean, so uh, you would have a, an improved 2020 season. So that is the Darwin Cook and Alexander Madison situation. Uh, the advice here is to sit on Cook, just keep going, unless you can get a really good price for him, and um, he will not sit out of the, the 2020 season. If you can ship Madison to the Cook owner, do it while you can, just to get that inflated price of maybe a late round first or even a high second. So Tim, we've got some great stuff going on at the full 10 yards at the moment. Do you want to talk us through a little bit of that? Uh, yeah, of course. Oh, just before we do another, another trade that we had that I forgot to mention earlier on, I'll get your thoughts on this one because you've been firing, firing them at me. So in my home league, 
again, shout out to Chris Carpenter. There's two pods in a row now where he, I, I did mention that he's just a, a, a future pick whore. Uh, he's managed to get a few more out of this one. So he's, he's traded, da- he was Dalvin Cook owner. He had Dalvin Cook and he's traded him for Cam Akers, the 2021 first, the 2022 first. I thought that was a really good uh, bit of business, to be honest. I, I'd rather have Akers in the two picks in, in that instance. And um, <laughs> the other owner, who's uh, shall but not be named, but he's a 49ers fan, um, he didn't look on the other GMs on, on Chris's roster because he actually has Alexander Madison as well. So like he, <laughs> you know, that's the rookie, the rookie area, uh, rookie era of not trading cook and Madison uh, for, for those picks, maybe something else on top as well. But yeah, so um, what, what do you, what do you make of, uh, of that trade? Uh, full agreement with you there. And like you say, it's a roll of the dice where the Rakers becomes that, that feature back in, in LA. Um, we, we know we've got Henderson there as well. So it remains to be seen how he's used, but, with the the two first round picks as well, yeah, you've you've got to take you've got to take that haul all day yeah. in that situation. I mean, to to trade Cook and then keep Madison, I mean, could be a could be dare I say a stroke of genius. But so we obviously have to see how it all plays out. But yeah, talking of stuff that's going on full ten yards, uh, which was what your what your question was. So yeah, charity best balls. You might have seen us put a tweet out where I got a bit trigger happy, shall we say? And I created 20 best balls uh, <laughs> 20 best balls to obviously help raise some funds for charity which kind of a sledgehammer to a nut um so we've kind of taken those down we're kind of revamping it we get, what we're going to do is we're going to get the prizes in first i've managed to speak to uh, nfl shop europe where if you use code full 10 at checkout you can get 10 percent discount hashtag plug um they're going to send us some prizes over as well. So I'm uh, just waiting for those to be finalized and sent over to me. And um, so we'll, we'll play for some prizes uh, for the, for the donations uh, that people will be putting into the best balls. So keep your eyes peeled uh, for those in terms of written content over at 14 yards.com um, fantasy, fantasy wise, uh, Andy Moore, uh, at AJ Moore 21 recently did a AFC East article he did a dynasty spotlight on uh, AFC East one player from each team so go and check that out uh, it's a really, really decent uh, bit of content there and then just general NFL articles we had uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, article Clyde Edwards Hare, obviously um, one of the rookies that was drafted here um, we had uh, Liam Lodge who's taken a look at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, draft class and what you can expect from those Richard O'Brien another new writer here at the 14 Yards he's done an article on the Dak Prescott contract saga so go, make sure you go and give that a read all Cowboys fans out there and then coming up over the next few days over the next week we've got uh, comeback player of the year candidates we've got um I think Sean has got one coming out where it looks at all the British players uh, flying the flag for for us us guys over this side of the pond in the NFL for next season. So he's taken loads of different people that are in different phases of their careers uh, that are British um, in, in the NFL. So yeah, loads of good stuff uh, coming up over the next couple of weeks. Fantastic, yeah. So make sure you're following us at Full 10 Yards. That is the, the main page. Then, of course, we've got the fantasy division, which is at F10Y Fantasy. Make sure you're following my good self on Twitter as well. I can be found at, at Dav underscore F10Y. And Tim, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, Tim underscore Monk F10Y is where you can get all my Blake, Jer- Blake Jarwin love. Blake Jarwin love. Birthday buddy Blake. <laughs> birthday buddy Blake. Yeah. Here's open still for the, uh, the birthday podcast. So thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. I have been David Davenport. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards. Or email the show. 
full 10 yards at gmail.com.